Well, hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Full Pelt Music Podcast. Shortly, we'll be joined by The Intersphere to talk about their new album, Wanderer. But before then, the usual reminders for myself. If you would, please do follow Full Pelt on social media. We're on Facebook at Full Pelt and on Twitter and Instagram at Full Pelt Music. And finally, if you would, please do hit that like button, hit that subscribe button, wherever you're watching or listening. Welcome, Dan, from the Intersphere to the Full Pelt Music Podcast. Absolutely delighted to have you on. How are you this evening? I'm wonderful. Thank you, Paul. Thanks for having us. Or me, at least. <laughs> One of us four. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm glad that we could chat because, obviously, um, exciting time for the band at the moment. You've uh, literally just put out uh, your fifth album now, Wanderer. Um, and, of course, you've literally just finished up, as we talk, uh, a little run of shows that you've done around the release. So, I mean, first of all, how, how were those shows for you? Uh, first, I have to point out that it's actually album number six. There was one before that was released under um, a different band name uh, at first. But other than that, the, the tour was absolutely amazing. It, I mean, the, it, it took some time until we released that album after the last one, The Grand Delusion. So it was like four, four and a half years in between again, which is a super long time, actually. And uh, to play all the all that all the new songs live was uh, it opened up a, a whole new world for us again. I mean, we played live a lot in the past, but uh, it was yeah just the, the the old I mean the old songs over and over again. But yeah, it it just felt felt amazing to play the whole album uh, in front of new people as well. Clubs were completely full. Um, most of them were sold out, and yeah felt great no that is a, there's no better feeling in the world as for a musician than getting up on stage i don't think um uh, right. did you pl play the album uh in its entirety at those shows yes not in the in the in the right order but okay. uh and we mixed uh, we, so we mixed in some some old tunes as well but we played all of the 10 songs yeah Excellent. And obviously the album did come out, I, I believe, on uh, probably the second day of the, the tour. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, obviously listeners may well have been experiencing a lot of the songs for the first time. Um, obviously there is, I think, you know, four or five pre-release singles, so they'd have had a good flavour of, of what to expect at the shows. Um, but how did you gauge the audience reaction to those new songs? Um, I mean, the, the funny thing is that, that the, all the new songs are quite different i would say there are heavy heavy riffs in there like a la carte or or um also yeah wondrous quite quite heavy as well um but then there are some almost pop or ballad songs and uh, the funny thing is on i mean we are a rock band of course but usually our audience is not really you know uh let's say they are listening quite well when we play and don't move and dance a lot but uh, that's just uh, their way to, to appreciate uh, our songs and um but over uh, yeah i don't know it's uh, it's i think it's really the reaction that we wanted because most of the time after the songs there's a couple of seconds of silence but not because they're unkind or anything because but but because they are just uh actually appreciating it and then they, in, in the breaks they went crazy so yeah we we knew that they they love they love it and uh, also the reaction before and like you said we had four singles uh, out before the album release uh, the reactions were amazing 
So yeah, it was the same thing in, in, in front of the live audience as well. So we couldn't be any happier with that, yeah. Excellent. That's, that's fantastic to hear. And obviously the album is a, a phenomenal album that listeners really need to go and check out. And obviously they can stream it across all the usual streaming platforms. And there are physical copies out there to buy as well, which look um, very, very nice indeed. Um, obviously, we talk a bit about the reaction there and, um, you know, uh, the shows in particular and how the songs went down there. Uh, you touched on, obviously, the, the singles that come out. And, you know, it is a good point because in the olden days not to make uh, us feel old but in in the old <laughs> in the old kind days of. <laughs> yeah, free social media basically um yeah you had to wait for shows um you know to get that sort of um feedback and reaction from your audience to what you're putting out there but these days with social media as soon as you put a single out a video out um you're getting that feedback instantaneously how much attention do you guys um you know pay to that is it something you you try and stay away from or is it something that you actively do try and monitor no i think you can't uh, just uh, stay away from that right. and uh of course i mean we're, we're we're reading every single message every single comment on our channels of course and of course we we read reviews of uh of our album and um i mean it depends how the the feedback is written or or spoken, I, I would say, um, uh, but actually, I don't, I don't know if there's a single negative comment at all. I mean, sometimes, because, because, like I said, we the, the the new songs are pretty pretty different in style. Sometimes, uh, if you look at, yeah, like I said, songs like Wanderer, but then on the album we have like softer songs like a Treasure Chest, and. Uh, the only thing uh, that we read sometimes, but that's really, really rare, that they have to get used to some styles. But actually, that's always been like that in the past, because we as a band, the industry, we really, I mean, we have a certain style that we are known for, but we always tried, uh, tried out different genres or we were going in uh, different directions musically so that's the thing that we always had and uh but really like negative comments i don't know if uh, if i read a, a single one and even if it's one out of a uh, 5000 i mean that that doesn't really bother us so we're no. really happy overall so yeah no excellent yeah because social media is a fantastic opportunity to engage with your audience something that obviously wasn't there in the past but there is a toxic side to it so it's great to hear obviously you know, the the lack of negativity because normally there's always just uh you know the internet trolls as people will call them that feel they need to go on there and spoil things for everyone yeah but but also i guess the the larger you get as a band the more that side uh, comes through so um i don't know i think that's we're still quite a, a small band quite um i mean we are really happy where we are and where, where we stand but i think it's another uh, thing if you have like half a million or a million followers on instagram i think then you attract the haters even more <laughs> so i guess uh, nobody bothers us too much <laughs> <laughs> no valid point but you are certainly doing really really well um and, and positioned obviously to to proceed hopefully to, to much greater success and obviously as you touched upon it is your uh you know sixth album now obviously as a group fifth 
um kind of on a, a, a label i guess i believe the first one was uh self-released wasn't it um uh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so obviously you know you've, you've spent a lot of time together now on the road but in particular in the studio um so what was the recording process like for this album do you have um you know a standard sort of process that you you go through or um do you mix it up obviously we've, we've had you know some unique world events um recently that i think for a lot of artists i've spoken to has has kind of made them reevaluate the way they do things i just want to obviously get some insight from from yourself to how that process went this time around sure i think we have to divide that into two pieces the one thing is the studio work recording the album and the other thing is of course the songwriting process um let's start with the studio process first and that's what that was actually kind of the same as for the last two records and uh, it's kind of special, I guess, for our kind of music because we play all the basic tracks live in one room. So uh, we do overdubs here and there, like another third guitar or anything, but the, the basic tracks that you hear on the album are completely played live in the studio. And that has several reasons. Uh, first of all, because it saves a lot of time. <laughs> um, second, uh, pro is definitely that uh, you don't get lost in the very small details i guess in the very little flaws that you don't even hear in the mix and i think the third uh, important thing is that it sounds much more organic so uh, that's that has been the the same process for the last three records now playing the basic tracks live and then occasionally do some some overdubs um, songwriting process definitely changed a little bit um, because of the events let's say it <laughs> that way um, because for the for our previous album the grand delusion we uh, i think most like 80 or 90 percent of the songs were really written in the rehearsal room or ideas were born when we were just jamming along uh, that wasn't the case for this album, so our singer and songwriter Christoph did a lot more demo and pre-production work at home by himself. Um, but again, the, there's not a single The Intersphere song that doesn't get finished and written in the rehearsal room. So, of course, some, some demos are more advanced than others or more cl or closer to, to, to being a finished song than others. But we always write the songs uh, or finish the songwriting in the, in the rehearsal room. And the thing also is that when Christoph does the demos or produces the demos, he also does experiment or he experiments a lot in different genres and also different production styles that sometimes at first don't uh, sound anything like a song. Uh, of, of the intersphere but um, as soon as we play together in the rehearsal room it's usually it has usually our style everybody has their their sounds their drum sounds bass sounds guitar sounds that that bring it all together and so yeah but we have to say for this album yeah there were more ideas that were written uh, by Christoph himself but then in the end they they came together came along in the in the rehearsal room yeah yeah, no, that's really uh, interesting to hear. And of course, yeah, the uh, the events that, that the world went through uh, caused you know, a lot of us to, to rethink uh, our lives and the way we do things. And um, so, 
sure, some of yeah. it for the better, to be fair. Sure, yeah, yeah. I, w I just wanted to 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 say that because um, there's, I always see it like that. If you, well, like I said, it's the sixth album that we did, and uh, and I always see it like that. You have to change the process in order to have a different outcome. Uh, if you have the same process for each album, for each song, uh, you'll get songs that sound the same. And uh, that's actually a, a funny thing as well, because uh, there was because we were talking about social media. I remember that one guy was, I think, it was on YouTube. I don't, I can't remember, but um, he said, um, "Why are they trying out different things?" Uh, stick to one style stick to one thing and re just repeat it but and i don't know that's i think a really weird way to look at it yeah. and especially it's not sustainable for for a band to do the same album over and over and over and over again i mean there are some bands that do that and are having a lot of success and it's it's okay if they do that but i don't know i couldn't i just couldn't do boring i guess wouldn't it it would be completely boring and um it's not like we we changed completely we just try try to do new things on every album but i think in the core it's still uh the and in uh the intersphere album just like the, the last four five six ones so but yeah like like i said i'm a i'm a fan of changing up the process just to keep the ideas fresh to 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 even get new ideas, because otherwise you're you're kind of running around in circles, I guess. Definitely, definitely, and it always frustrates me, um, you know, when fans, you know, uh, kind of want to pigeonhole a band and obviously just leave them, and they want them to stay. I think something you guys have done really well is is you've got that identity. So again, you you hear an interfere song, and you can pick up that yes, this is an interfere song, but. Um, of course, they, you know, even on one album, as with Wonder, you know, you can have so many different styles within um, that scope of what the band are, which is something you guys do so well, I think. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, um, fantastic. So obviously Wonder of the Album is something listeners need to check out. But the first taste that fans got of that album was the single Wanderer um, when that came out uh, back at the end of uh, last year. So I just want to touch, obviously, on that song. Uh, and obviously, you know, what about that song made it stand out to you that you felt, well, this is the song for us to lead? Because, you know, picking the first single of any album is always quite a, an important decision. So, you know, what, what about that song yeah. stood out? Uh, well, there are, there are two sides of, uh, about that. So one thing is that we we didn't record the whole album in, uh, in one studio session but we split it up. So the first session was in oh, summer 21, I guess. And uh, at that time we had, I think four songs that we had already finished and Wanderer was one of them. Um, so, but but the other thing is when, like, Wanderer is one of the songs that were actually uh, pretty advanced or close to finish when Christoph uh, recorded the, and wrote the demo and that was pretty interesting because um, I think I was um, also sitting here with my headphones on like 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 I do now and uh, closed my eyes press play and just I, I didn't know what to expect and um, 
first of all, the, the whole groove that you hear also in the intro and in the choruses made me bounce like crazy. But what really uh, what really got me was the, the first vocal line of the verse where, where the whole band drops out and it's only uh, this uh, atmospheric uh, guitar, this uh, reverb delay guitar together with this amazing vocal melody. And I really had uh, goosebumps when I when I heard that for the first time. So that was actually, yeah, after 20, 30 seconds, I knew that that has to be the, the first single because it combines everything that we are as a band, but also, I guess, um, it has also refreshing grooves, refreshing sounds that we didn't have before. Uh, also, the guitar work is a bit different, I guess. Um, but yeah, it's, it has the, the, had the perfect mix of this very, very cool, uh, catchy vocal melodies together with this really cool pumping offbeat groove. So yeah, that was kind yeah. of it, yeah. Yeah, no, that, that is uh, great, great to hear. And obviously it did work really, really well as that lead single. And um, just ahead of obviously talking to you, I, I thought I'd better refresh myself on the video um, because I'm a massive music video kind of buff because I grew up with music television, sitting watching music TV nonstop, you know, every single day. Obviously, not many people do that these days. So um, listeners, you'll want to head across, obviously, to YouTube. That's where we all digest that kind of thing these days. Um, and there'll be links in the bio for the episode for, for obviously the listeners to be able to to do that. Um, but I always do like to put a bit of a spotlight on the video. So um, obviously the video for that song, uh, I, I thought was really, really well put together and works well with the song. Um, so how you know did that concept come together for you all? And how did you go about putting it into, uh, into practice? Yeah, it was also kind of a process because at first we had a different director, different uh, film crew that we wanted to work with but we weren't really happy with the script that they sent us. And we just knew that even if we change it up, it, we're not coming, coming, coming together. So, um, uh, we asked a director that we knew did also music videos for, for other bands that we knew that we were friends with. And, um, so the, the, it has, it has, it had different sides that we were com coming from. Um, one of them is just really we, we wanted to create unique and atmospheric pictures like n no matter what the the content itself is but the or the or if it has anything to do with the lyrics but the first thing is we wanted to have some special and cool atmospheric uh, pictures that just fit to the song and uh, we knew that his, his name is Moritz uh, we knew that uh, he, he could uh, achieve that and we wanted to create kind of like different worlds that our actress is going through and then um, we had yeah different brainstorming sessions where we thought about how we could actually um, yeah transport that and then we had also this idea with this virtual reality uh, glasses and that was kind of like the, the puzzle piece between those um, different um worlds and also of course the the four doors that uh, you can see uh in the video that uh, she at first she yeah when she decides to go through that particular door and also 
at the end of the video where she is walking through another door, which is the second video and the second single bulletproof. Yeah. And I love a little uh, link like that. that always uh, you know, uh, does it for me, as it were. And um, obviously, yeah, I love music videos because they can give a new meaning to, to a song and obviously stay you know, in, in the consciousness of, of fans. You know, I still obviously I'll hear a song on the on the radio or, you know, Spotify or whatever we listen to these days and think back to oh yeah that video uh, from from my youth. So, uh, again, the video for Wonder Wonderwall, it's really, really well. Um, and uh, obviously, yeah. Um, talking of meanings and, and obviously themes, uh, just to, to wrap up the conversation around Wanderer, um, obviously we, we've touched on, uh, you know, the pandemic uh, and everything. Um, you know, the, the themes of the album, how much of an impact did, you know, the, the uh, world events at the time have on the themes? And um, can you, you know, just delve a little bit into the themes for us on, on the record? Sure. I mean, the whole theme... Uh wanderer or what wanderer the word for us in this context stands for is like uh you could picture it like humanity wandering around doing different things as a as humanity as a society and we are just trying to question if uh if, if the society is going in the right direction uh that's basically the the, the main point so things like sustainability and all those uh, things how we how we um, um, how we act as humans as uh, as people and uh, what influence influence that that, that has on yeah things like uh, of course nature and uh, climate change and those kind of things and um, so yeah we are kind of you know wandering around but uh, we have to question is it the right direction that we are wandering towards so that's kind of the summary if if, if, if that makes sense yeah yeah no, no, it definitely makes sense and it is such an important question for us as a as a you know race uh, at, at the moment you know what are we doing with this planet yeah so it's 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 also of course it's it's the the sustainability uh thing but it's also uh questioning capitalism i mean we're not punks or anything like that <laughs> but we're sh for sure questioning uh capitalism if uh, if we should consume the way that we are consuming that are definitely questions that we yeah that we ask ourselves yeah exactly as as we definitely should be with uh you know everything that is is um yeah going on in the world um yeah it's uh i think a whole nother podcast we could delve into if we wanted to get in, sure. into that <laughs> um and uh yeah always happy to do it but um yeah to stick the focus then uh, back on the band I, I did notice um you know looking ahead for this interview that you really seem to have embraced the the patreon uh um app as it were um and obviously you know that method of engagement with your audience so i just want to you know bring that up for anyone not aware of it and touch on it you know what can you know someone signing up for the band's uh patreon um account uh expect to, to find on the other end sure um well we try to to mix up the content that we deliver to our patrons uh, as much as we can so it's a mix of we do like uh, behind the scenes vlogs from the studio when we play live or do live sessions um, or from the pre-production phase uh, yeah we do uh, behind the scenes vlogs and um, also a lot of uh, tutorial stuff 
like guitar tutorials, uh, drum tutorials, as well as playthrough videos. So we usually, most of them, put them on Patreon. We occasionally have some on YouTube as well, for free. But yeah, drum playthroughs, guitar playthroughs, and uh, bass playthroughs. Uh, sometimes, uh, but actually that's, that's one thing that we do quite regularly. It's uh, we do those production deep dives. So we take the, the multi-tracks or the stems of our productions, the studio production and listen to the individual tracks and talk about how we achieved the sounds, how it was recorded, how we, re uh, re how we were, uh, how we wrote the songs and those kind of things. So the production deep dive is, is something that we do quite regularly. And, um, you have to think, uh, occasionally we do those monthly updates where we just write a blog a blog post where we update the our our fans what we are working on right now if you are planning or shooting music videos uh things like that so yeah that's that's kind of kind of the stuff yeah yeah this is a fantastic tool to have at your disposal um obviously builds that connection with your fans obviously listeners um listen to the podcast if that's something that you, you sound interested in we'll have the link again in the bio um, cool, thank to the you. band's website and obviously you can get through to the the patreon uh from there um and obviously you know growing up i mean yeah you can only dream of having that kind of connection with with bands that you were following growing up it's, it's the one of the benefits of technology i suppose isn't it yeah yeah of course and uh of course we are we we can be much closer to the to our fans on on patreon then we can do we, as we can to every single one uh, on social media and also with our uh with our, let's call it premium patrons that we have where we try to have uh regular zoom calls where we just talk to them in person if they have any questions or whatever we want to talk about so of course uh, we can't do that to the to the <laughs> let's say normal social media uh, audience yeah yeah, no, it is absolutely uh, a fantastic thing to be able to do, uh, and and you know, for, for fans of the band, it, it sounds, um, uh, you know, absolutely great. Yeah, and I'm guessing for you guys on the other end of it, um, that you get something out of it, um, you know, emotionally and everything as well by being able to have that connection. Yeah, and of course, I mean, it's uh, a monthly income, of course, that we have, yeah. and that we really need it during the pandemic because we didn't play any shows and that's usually how we yeah. finance our band and uh, of course that we can't deny that but on the other hand we we see that really those are our closest closest fans that also help us a lot to grow because they are kind of like our super fans you know and they really um yeah you know, tell all their friends, tell all their families, everybody that, that they meet on the streets or on concerts, they, they tell, tell them about us as a band. So that, of course, helps uh, a lot. So it's, I think it's, uh, yeah, it makes completely sense to do that. Like, you know, in, in these times as a band, because there are, I mean, there are a lot of income streams that you can have as a band, but none of them are really that big so uh you have to see where, how you how you finance your your albums and everything and it's not only the of course you have to finance the studio recordings but also if you are 
printing t-shirts or anything like that you have to pay for that in advance before you you can sell it so you you need some kind of of a financial basis to even pay for all that in advance so it's is it is really a huge help and without that we i think i'm i'm pretty sure without patreon we couldn't release this album to 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 be that drastic yeah yeah which obviously makes it an invaluable tool for you and it really is a win-win situation you know both the band and the and the um fans are getting something um really important out of it so yeah definitely again listeners um have a look at that and, and check that out if you will um and obviously you know you mentioned live shows is a big stream of uh income for, for all bands these days because you know, you know making records sadly um doesn't bring in the money that it did again a long time ago um and thankfully you know the uh pandemic is gone the restrictions are gone and, and you're able to get out there as you just have done and play live shows again um, so, you know, what can listeners expect over the next kind of year? Is there going to be plenty of opportunity for them to, to come and see you play some shows? Yeah. So um, the, the closest thing now is uh, we, we are playing a support show for Royal Blood, which we are really oh, looking brilliant. forward to in, yeah. in, in two weeks' time. And uh, soon after that, we will release some new tour dates. Yes. And um, yeah. Yeah, the new album. We just want to keep spreading the word, playing it live. Uh, that's the, the the main focus that we have. Um, yeah, yeah. No, it sounds good to me. And obviously, listeners, as we said, uh, you know, as well as the Patreon, social media is the best place to stay up to date on when these tour dates are going to get announced. So, um, Facebook at the Intersphere and uh, Instagram at the Intersphere underscore official are the two that I've been able to identify for obviously listeners to come. Again, links will be in the bio. Um, so I do ask, you know, listeners, if you can uh, give the band a follow, stay up to date for when these uh, tour dates are coming. And obviously, it is a difficult environment in the in the music in- industry at the moment, and especially when it comes to um, you know European artists being able to come to the UK and UK artists going to be able to go to obviously Europe because you know on top of the pandemic, we decided to inflict uh, Brexit on ourselves for some inexplicable <laughs> reason. Um, but you know, is there an ambition from the band um, to come across and play more shows in the UK? I know you have been over here previously. Yeah, we we have been there. There was also the plan to play the the Great Escape Festival. I don't know if you're aware of that, yes, yeah. which unfortunately didn't happen due to several reasons. But yeah, we still plan, of course, to uh, to come to come uh, on on your side. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, it's it has always been our our goal to to think more globally as a band because uh, we kind of see we are reaching a bit of a of, of, of a of a limit for ceiling in germany so yeah of course uk is always something that we are considering as well as our neighboring countries uh, netherlands france uh, those those kind of things and um, yeah at the moment there's not a, a show i can talk about but we are always trying to to expand our live shows of course yeah yeah fantastic and we look forward to welcoming you so again listeners uh make sure you do follow the band uh to stay up to date with all of that when it comes and uh obviously talking about just the uh kind of i don't know disarray for lack of a better word within the music industry uh at the moment the last segment that we've just uh added in and i think this is the second time we've done it although we uh are thinking about making it a regular kind of finale to the podcast going forward so dan you're again a little bit of a guinea pig for us on this one um <laughs> but 
you know, we're just asking if you had a magic wand and you could change one thing about the the music industry, what would you choose to change? Oh, okay, 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 okay. Give me one second. <laughs> Only one thing with a magic wand. Um, I think um, being more independent of the algorithms and therefore, uh, how would I? How can I describe it? Uh, I want to, I don't want to. I don't want to judge other genres or other artists too much but uh i think yeah less algorithms more quality songs in general not you know not only for us but in general because i also find uh like the other way around i find it pretty hard to discover good new music how many of new music all over the place mm. but the bands that really stick out i think are pretty rare and they're really hard to pick out and in, in between all those masses of those thousands and millions of songs and bands and i have the feeling the ones that kind of work well together with the algorithms of spotify youtube whatever you name it are not always the ones that i enjoy listening to it maybe let's put it that way but yeah i think uh the algorithm algorithms are there it's it's a two-sided sword i would i would say yeah yeah def definitely are like you say two-sided sword there are a lot of benefits to obviously the kind of model that the music industry is sort of moved towards with, with streaming and everything but also there's a lot of downsides and i think too much emphasis really put on um to you know, the metrics around oh how many listeners how many follows etc you know yeah but but that's but that's the dependence that you yeah. that you have you, there's no way around it you have to you have to find ways to let the algorithm work for you and it's said that that's the one of the most important goals that you have to set and uh yeah for some bands and artists it works and i think also for some styles of music it works better than others i mean for example um if you if you have a a 10 second atmospheric uh guitar intro i mean what are people doing they're skipping it because other songs are just going right through in the in the first chorus or anything like that so actually if you consider that you you should or you should consider how you even arrange the songs and I don't know if that's the right way to think about writing music so again yeah that's the the, the dependence of the of the algorithms yeah yeah definitely no, really really fascinating that and um obviously uh yeah thank you for that uh, so you're the second uh artist we've asked that question to and uh yeah no really interesting answer to it so i think we will definitely keep that as part of the podcast going forward you should, interesting yeah. interesting yeah <laughs> yeah i'm intrigued to see what answers we're gonna get for sure um so um obviously yeah it's been a great pleasure talking with you dan um, we've really enjoyed the wandering obviously listeners need to 
check that album out either on those streaming platforms or obviously again preferably you know if you can afford to i know we're in a cost of living crisis and everything and we are all feeling the pinch as they say uh but if you can buy a physical copy from from the band then obviously that is the best way to support the band along with obviously the the patreon and everything that you guys have uh discovered with that which is again fantastic to hear um so i always like to throw the final bit just back to the guest uh, and just say what would be your final message for the listeners today my final message is, uh, I don't know, just uh, support the artists that, you, that you're listening to. Not only us, but other bands that you enjoy listening to, and especially smaller ones. Um, so, yeah, like, I, like, like you said, Patreon is an awesome way to support bands. And again, I'm not I'm trying not to do an advertisement for us, but, but for for the platform or the way to support uh, bands in that way. Um, so yeah, but even if you can't afford or don't want to spend any money on any money on 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 your bands, um, just get in touch with them, text them, write them messages, DM them, whatever, write comments, because that's the that's the one thing that you can do that's that's completely free for you, but also is helping the band a lot. And not only because of the algorithms, but also to to let the bands know that they're going in the right direction and that there are people that are actually appreciating and listening to their music. So I guess that's the the thing that I that I would recommend uh, to to all the people out there. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely echo them sentiments completely. Um, yeah, great pleasure talking with you, Dan. Thank you for joining us on the podcast. Thanks for having us. Well, thank you everyone for listening. I really do hope you enjoyed that chat there with the Intersphere. Make sure you check out their new album, Wanderer, and of course, follow the band on social media to stay up to date with everything coming from them. You can also follow Full Pelt on social media. We're on Facebook at Full Pelt and on Twitter and Instagram at Full Pelt Music. And again, if you would, please do hit that like button, hit that subscribe button, wherever you are watching or listening, because we will be back very soon with another episode of the Full Pelt Music Podcast.